Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm a transformational leader and instigator of joy. I use professional coaching, human design, and intuition to help people relax into their true essence so they can experience more ease, joy, and abundance. I am so excited you're here. You guys, I am so excited for this episode. And I'll tell you all about it in a second. But first, I have something else really exciting to announce. I am holding something called the money class. It's an eight week program. We meet on Tuesday nights. And the whole point of this adventure is to completely transform your relationship with money. Oh my goodness. We all have such sticky stuff around money. And the point of this course, I'm not going to guarantee that you're going to pull millions of dollars into your bank account. This is about opening yourself up to a brand new way to see the money, energy, and everything else in your life. This is a like mind blowing, crack you wide open, completely change your perspective on health, money, life, business, everything. And I am so excited for this. You can learn all about the money class in the show notes. And if you register for the money class before or by the end of the day on Friday, the 11th, that's tomorrow, you get a free 30 minute mini human design reading with me. So get on that link in the show notes. Okay. Now to this episode, there is so much gold in here. Katie Allen is, she's a 4-1-MG, emotional authority. And holy moly, does this topic light her up? This topic is we talk about fashion. She's a stylist. So we, we talk about fashion. We talk about emotional authority. We talk about being an MG and like flowing with life. And she is so lit up. Just like her energy is so electric throughout, but woven throughout her story is just like wisdom bomb after wisdom bomb. I loved this conversation so much. And it's got me thinking about a lot of things that I realized afterwards, I kind of think of myself as like, not that into fashion, but then I realized, no, that's actually not true. I actually love a lot of things, fashion. I just don't like things that don't fit me. And I don't like shoes. I call them foot prisons, but really <laughs> Like, it's like, I like, I like stretchy things. I don't like tailored things. And it's so funny that somewhere in my head that had me thinking I'm not really that into fashion. Anyway, that's not at all the point of this conversation, but I just, I'm curious if anything opens up for you as well from this conversation. It is so good. I adore Katie and I'm so excited. She's coming back again on the podcast. This just, I love her. You are going to love her. And you, of course, are amazing. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. So go enjoy this conversation and then go forth and be awesome. I love you. You are super duper sparkly. Katie, welcome. Thank I'm so you. excited to do this with you. Oh my God. I'm so excited. So for people who can't see, which is everyone, because the Find Your Awesome podcast is not a video podcast, um, Katie is completely glammed up today in her closet. 
closet office and I just love it. Clawfus. Oh yes, it is a claw, but it's a, like it's uh, an upscale clawfus. It's clawfus, yes, ma'am. Um, I'm just playing with my clothes today. This whole week, this whole week, I kind of challenged myself to just mix and match and just play with the clothes in my closet because I was really trying to tap into my highest, truest creative outlets. So that's why we're sitting here glammed up and, you know, feeling good on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Did you love to dress up as a kid? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I loved to dress up as a kid. And then um, one of my grandfathers was a photographer. Um, so he would always, well, first when I was little, I was completely annoyed because he used to always make the grandkids stand up on the fireplace and always take pictures. And we did a lot of family stuff as a kid um, because they lived by the beach. So like all of my grandfather's kids, my dad and aunts would always go to their house, right? Because who doesn't want to hang out at the beach house? And then he would always make us all the kids stand up on the fireplace and take pictures. But then as I got a little bit older and I like fell in love with fashion, mainly through MTV. Oh, because fascinating. Music videos. And it was kind of like the birth, you know, of video. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God. And I w- didn't think I was good at anything. So it was almost I used it as an escape because I wasn't good at anything. I didn't like sports. I, you know, I uh, couldn't sing or dance. I didn't have any of those like very traditional like 1980s talents that would get you <laughs> the validation gold star that we were all looking for. <laughs> and then I, remember like I would babysit and get money for babysitting my brother and sister and I would buy these outfits and then my grandfather and I just started doing these stupid they're not stupid we started doing these very special just photo shoots in their yard like I'd be like look at look at this new jacket I got take a picture I was like doing selfies before selfies were a thing (laughs) but like grandfather facilitated selfies that makes it so much better I know so much better it is so funny because you, you know, you don't always appreciate people the way that you do, like when you're younger, when you get older. And um, he's passed right before my husband and I got married. And it just blows my mind how much he comes up for me ever since then. And then like him and my grandmother, th- those two are two really pivotal people like in my life. And they come up all the time for me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just didn't know what we were doing when I was younger. I couldn't see it. And then now that I've feel like I've really come home to myself I'm like it was always there thanks for encouraging me to be my true self mm, how did your grandmother encourage you to be you oh she thought I walked on water so basically <laughs> anything now let me just like tell this story a little bit more I was the oldest grandchild out of nine and I was first so like I just think it was like the doting of the very first grandchild I think that holds a special place um and my dad was her only boy which i think the mother-son relationship can have that dynamic sometime and then i was his first kid and i was you know the oldest and she just like thought i walked on water and just like literally anything i said or did was just like the best thing ever but honestly like i just remember when i was little like before i thought i wasn't good enough i just thought that like i was just confident i just knew like i could be anything i wanted to be and she always just said that like without in hindsight, when I look back, I feel like adults tell you that, but they don't mean it because they're so downtrodden in their own life. And they're like, good luck. Yeah, you can be anything you want. <laughs> Figure that one out. <laughs> tell me how you did it. But she never had that about her. And then the thing I always wonder, was it a cultural thing? 
So she's um, from England. My grandfather was in the military, picked her up at Piccadilly Circus. And they kept, I don't know the whole story and I don't know if I want to. Um, somehow they kept in touch, I'm not sure. And then um, she they got married over there and then she moved over here to America. She actually took me back when I was 10. But I always wondered, and I always felt like my I had this most special grandmother, right? Because she was cute, she had this English accent, and she just loved me to death. So I always wondered, was it like this cultural thing too of you know telling people that they could be anything? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if the Brits are any better at believing at in themselves than. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, are. but maybe she was just truly happy. Who knows? So I think when we are truly happy, you know, we project things differently. Um, but I just always remember like her always saying things of like, yeah, you're so good at like, even like silly stuff, like eating my vegetables, <laughs> like anything. It was just like, I could do no wrong. <laughs> and this, like this, we were just looking at your chart and you have an open ego, like a lot of the people in this world. And so you've got this like constant feeling like you need to prove yourself. To yeah. yourself or to others. And then there's your grandmother coming in and being like, You're the best vegetable eater ever. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Yes, I am. I am. I definitely wasn't getting it at home. My parents just aren't those kind of parents. Mm -hmm. um, I was the surprise baby. Um, they were technically out of high school, but still teenagers. So they were just trying to figure out their own life, right? They were just like, oh my God. And I also think that's probably another reason why my grandparents stood on me a little bit, right? Is because I knew that my parents were trying, were kids themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I soaked it up with her because I was like, tell me more how I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. And speaking about older women, we were just talking about this woman that we both admire so much. Yes. Iris. Iris Apfel, if you don't know her, look her up. She is like, I think if you think of the word fashion or style icon, like she is the epitome of that. I believe she just turned 100, right? I think, I think so, yeah. Yeah, she did hit 100 this year and she's really known for just like dressing like just radically herself and she has a quote that i've really tried to embody and like use with my clients and really anyone who's open to hearing it is when you don't dress like everyone else you don't have to think like everyone else and it's so powerful and it's really really come up for me um this week because i like to surround myself by people who are trying to think radically different than a lot of society is telling us to think and then being a stylist on the back end of that it kicks up a lot of stuff for people how they dress right because it's so many levels to this it's touching our skin physically we feel it all day long and then all the things that we're trying to unlearn about our bodies and the beauty industry and all the things we've been pumped for so long and that's that quote i just always go back to it because i'm like you know, if I don't dress like everyone, I don't have to think like everyone. And I'm really getting better. <laughs> I'm not going to say good. I'm getting better at discerning. Is that something I'm willing to accept or not? So then the beauty standards and fashion standards don't have to apply to me either. And like we were joking, I was like, they're so like I get this one a lot, too. And people are like, oh, my God, I don't want to talk about trends and I don't want to dress in trends. 
the my favorite part about fashion is it really reflects collectively what's going on in our world and we are the people that create trends not influencers not the designers they're giving you what you want and what you need because they're feelers and they're just keeping they're influenced by the energy of the world the universe and like this spring for example is just all about like feeling good and having fun and like i was saying to you is like I don't I want to let that thing go around like oh am I allowed to dress like this and like with the early 2000s coming back which like for me I was like in my best years of my life quote unquote right like the my maiden body and it was perfect and I had my whole life ahead of me and now this is coming up in my 40s and I'm like can I wear that can I not wear that what does that look like for me and guess what I can wear it if I want to because Iris said so (laughs) And that is the that's the quote too just because iris said so yes what would iris do oh iris would not give a fuck she doesn't and that's what i'm saying is like if you want to wear something then fucking wear it dude mm-hmm. if you want to sit in your closet with your pearl earrings and your trousers and your belt then fucking do it if it makes you feel good who cares absolutely um so while i i don't think we're going to talk about this much but (laughs) i am curious like what are the trends for the spring oh so juicy so that's actually what i've been working on this week um that's why i've been like dressing up and channeling it so this overall theme that you see coming is this whole idea of like dopamine dressing meaning how do we use our clothes to feel good we're three years into not feeling good, not going to say the words. And so how can we combat that with our clothes? Because we literally wear our clothes. They're our second skin. We don't take anything with us, maybe except for our phones, like we do our clothes. So it's all about bright, vibrant colors, like the brighter, the better and mixing these colors together. So like think really bright yellows, like sunshine yellow which represents hope right think of like kelly green and really bright orange and pinks and like peacock blue primary blue like really pretty fun playful colors um so that's something you'll see the 70s influence that we've been seeing for the last couple of years is just keep coming it's just going to keep coming and you're going to see a lot of wavy prints and a lot of the psychedelic prints in a lot of those bright bright colors so like that makes it really fun the neon colors really kind of give you that energy from the early um 2000s right the early aughts which actually just stands for zero so if anyone sees that language being thrown around um that's what that means and that's really all around fun right like if you think about what we were wearing in the early 2000s there's a lot of butterfly motifs there's a lot of resin jewelry a lot of acrylic sunglasses i mean we're showing every inch of skin if we could and i'm gonna go on a tangent here a little bit with like all the skin and the sexiness that's coming i didn't actually read this in a fashion magazine but we want to feel joy And isn't having sex one of the most joyful, primal instincts that we have as humans? This is why clothes are like going back to this is like we're trying to tap back into like this different energy. And if you think back to the early 2000s, we think of, you know, Christina Aguilera (laughs) with Britney Spears, lots of skin, lots of really sexual energy. 
And I'm sorry, give me all the colors, give me all the patterns, give me all the fun, right? So like you can really look for that. Um, vintage flower patterns. So like the one thing um, that I love about trends is there's always something for everybody. So like either you're going to be into the Y2K stuff or maybe you really are, have a, a romantic um, edge to your style, then those vintage floral patterns are going to like rock your world and give you life. And then there's also this, and there's so many different things coming up. Uh, leather is continuing um, to be a big deal, but you'll see it get a little shinier. And you'll also see like that shift away from leather. I mean, leather leggings will still probably be really popular, but you'll start to see it shift into this tailored look of like, quote unquote, trousers. And um, it's like low key luxury, right? So you're gonna see a lot of tailored looks coming back as some people are shifting back into the office, but it's supposed to have more of a feminine vibe to it um, and a little bit more expressive. So you'll see a lot of the like military style buttons, which are really masculine, but then like paired with a corset or some kind of a lacy top. Um, and it's just like so much fun stuff. And all of this kind of crosses over a lot. You'll see a lot of um, midriffs, a lot of cutout styles back a lot of backless cutout backs designs on the backs of shirts um just lots of really fun so if you can just think of any word if it's fun then the answer is yes if i love this, this story, so you want it? much this everything you're saying resonates with the energy of this month mm. it's all about magic and play and being in our bodies yes it's I think that's why I feel so aligned and so juicy right now. Like it's so here. I'm so here for it. Um, I do feel like there's like the big energy with like the year of the tiger. You're definitely going to see that color orange and like everything. Um, I have seen literally on some like designers I haven't seen. And that's just because I'm scaring the internet. Right. So like Gucci's literally doing like a tiger motif, but you'll start to see that like even in target, right. We'll start to see this all pop up. So you'll see lots of orange. You'll see lots of black. You'll even see the stripes. So stripes are going to become popular, um, or just, you know, have a moment of where you'll see that come through in zebra print because zebra print is very similar to the tiger print, but it's black and white and black and white is easy and classic and timeless and something that a lot of people feel really comfortable in if they don't feel comfortable in color. I ran this morning and it was a black and white striped sports bra, like wavy stripes. My husband literally said zebra stripes. Yes. So look at me on trend. There was some neon, neon in there. I say, and then you have the neon, the neon bra and the almost neon shorts on. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's the fun thing about trends. It's like these certain styles, it's styles, it's silhouettes, it's cuts, it's fabrics, it's colors. So it doesn't mean that like, Hey, you have to wear the neon, you know, 2000, um, craft cardigan. No, you can take that neon color and transfer it to something that resonates with you and how you live your life and your lifestyle. Hmm. And how, you dress when you live in Florida. No <laughs> yeah, whatever feels good for you. <laughs> it's just about feeling good at the end of the day. That's all it's ever really about. Mm. Did you go straight from being the kid doing the photo shoots with your grandpa to being a personal stylist? Oh God, no. Um, I did go to college for fashion. So I kept it going for a while and I was so sure of who I was and like, and I, I live in Virginia, so it's not like it's a big fashion capital by any means. And I live like three hours south of DC, so it's not like it's a big city. 
And um, everyone was like, what are you going to do with that fashion degree? Oh, my God, you're going to college, racking up all this school loan debt for a fashion degree. And I just, like, didn't care. Like, I, it would go in one ear and out the other until it didn't. <laughs> and that would have been when I got out of college. And then you're like, car insurance cost what? <laughs> you know, like, all these things are happening. And I got into marketing because it felt like it was still creative. It's still very visual. Um, and you know, I guess it was the safe option and I had a great run, right? I did marketing for 15 years. It was amazing. And then I, um, I got let go from my job, but I'm reframing it to, I retired at 40. Perfect. So in the pandemic, I retired at 40, um, and I was lost, but thank God I had, I'd started my podcast in 2019. And that gave me so much life. I freaking love podcasting and we can talk about storytelling too, but like, I love podcasting. I love connecting with women. I, I just never heard women talk like that. I didn't have access to women who were talking like that, except for on podcasts. And it just cracked something open in me. And that was really the beginning of that journey. And my company was actually moving to a, away from where I was living. And that was really the beginning of the breakdown of that relationship because I kind of refused to move. Not kind of, I did. <laughs> so it wasn't, it was a surprise, but it wasn't really a surprise when I got let go in the pandemic. I see where that was an easy choice if you're restructuring the organization. And I went through, what, did, what do they call that? The dark night of the soul? Yes. And it was the scariest time of my life. Um, I've been working for a long time and so I always knew that something else was coming so financially it had just like things set up well I had the just in case because my husband and I have been through that he used to be a business owner and I went to him and I was like I don't know what's coming I'm scared to have this conversation with you but like please just give me the time because I think I'm gonna figure out something about myself and he said okay and this is August so from August to November I was just like throwing shit at the wall to see what stuck. And then a friend of mine had a client that was doing a, a brand new um, website and she was getting some photos done. And she said, hey, can you help her get dressed? And I was sitting in my bathtub and I was, I mean, I don't know what day she asked me, but I'm sitting in my bathtub, like sending messages to both of them on a weekend, mind you. So like in doing it and I was like, God, this is just so fun. And I didn't think anything of it. And then my friend was like, how much do I owe you? And I was like, what? You don't have to pay me. Like, I was literally in the bathtub on a weekend. Like, no big deal. And she was like, people get paid to do that. And I was like, mind blown. <laughs> I ran to my husband and I was like, oh, my God. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And he just, like, his face fell flat. And he was like, and I met him in fashion school. And he said, how did we not how has it taken us 20 years to get back here? And I was like, I don't know. And like, every time I tell someone, they're like, duh. Like, how did you, like, even they, you know, we all get off track. Even they are like, oh my God, how do we all get so off track that, you know, like we forgot, like, this is just who you are. So wait, no. wait, wait, I'm going to reframe this all for you <laughs> because you're a manifesting generator and yeah. I, I like me and MGs, we bounce from thing to thing, to thing, to thing. And we need to get ev everything that's on our path is a piece of the puzzle. So mm. the way I was talking to somebody recently about how I, my college degree was in psychology and 
when I graduated, a positive psychology was like just starting up. So I mm-hmm. looked at that psych degree and was like, I have a zero desire to talk to people about what's wrong with them and label people. Nope. And I went on this tangent and I studied animal behavior, studied biology, vet medicine, all of that. And then like 20 years later, not quite, but then I, I fall into coaching. Like, and it just kind of like, it was a total, it wasn't an accident, but like, I didn't see it coming. And I'm like, Oh, look, and now here's positive psychology in the form of coaching, which is way lights me up so much more than therapy did. So Mm -hmm. what did you need to learn? Oh my God. So much stuff. So much. I mean, you're exactly right. And it's funny because my husband and I, we go for walks almost every day. I think we talked about that before. I had the best conversations because it's like one of the only times in my life working on this as well, where I can really be present in the present moment. And he's running a business. I'm running a business and just everything I've learned through that journey of corporate America needing to be validated from the outside and climbing the ladder of corporate America is a brutal to your ego. Um, I learned a lot and it helps me make the decisions and just to know it just it helped me reframe like what being an entrepreneur really is. Because when you work for a business, you're not the business. It doesn't hit your ego the same if the business isn't doing well. But flip side to that is um, where I worked, at least, and I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with this. There's always politics that happen, and that does hit your ego. So I feel from then, like an entrepreneur standpoint, if I when I pull myself out of it, I'm like, oh yeah. I know how to do this. I know how to run a business from this level. You know, I know how to have these conversations and be uncomfortable. It's easier to be uncomfortable though when your business isn't the one on the line and it's someone else's business, even if it is uncomfortable. So like, I I keep having the, I keep seeing myself draw on that experience like over and over. So yes, I definitely totally learned a lot. And it's really ironic because towards the end of my run, um, the one company I was with for 11 years. So I feel like that was basically my uh, whole career. It's funny because towards the end of that journey, I was actually doing trend reporting, but we were doing home design and fashion actually leads home design because it's on our body, right? So our bodies are more important then our environment is second so when you see happen something in fashion you'll start to see it show up in home decor a couple years later and like i liked it but towards the end of it i was giving these reports and i love what i love about trends and following them is what you were saying like psychology because it is the psychology of the why like why do you know the wellness trend hits and then all of a sudden decorating with plants has this really big resurgence in home decor and then green and all this stuff and it's like oh why right and then like the craft scene gets really big and it's like okay now we see, now we bring it into our homes and it's like why right because we want things to feel real we're touching screens all day like we need to feel real fabrics of texture we need to feel real wood in our homes so i love like the why behind it and stuff and it's just ironic to me that i was doing that in retail consumer trend reporting and then now i'm doing it for my business and i was like oh the irony's not lost on me here <laughs> i just have to get my way back to the thing i actually really love yes and i'm curious well it's, i think it's interesting that the the early aughts are coming back yeah. now because 
so you you kind of missed it you weren't in fashion at that time yeah so you get yeah i was in school so i was in school 99 to 2003 and then i got into corporate and then i feel like huh you know, I feel like I completely lost myself on corporate because now all of a sudden I was in fashion school. So we were like pushing the limits every day of your creativity because it was encouraged. Um, and it didn't mean like dressing like anybody else. It was encouraged to just like wear whatever the hell you want to wear a paper sack, by all means do it. Like we were making dresses out of bubblegum wrapper, like whatever we could do. And then I got into corporate America and it was like, dress like this and like do this, you know? And you're like, oh my God, am I allowed to wear this? And that's where it began the whole journey of like, am I good enough? Is my outfit, uh, what's the word I'm looking at, looking for? Like, is my outfit toned down enough? Ew. Right? Like, am yeah. I hiding myself? Am I, and this, this is like, am I small enough? Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and the whole, like, am I allowed to wear this? That could also yes. be, am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed yes. to shine this bright? Am I allowed to yes. say this? Am I allowed to like, even like, am I allowed to go for a run in the middle of the day? Am I allowed to eat this? Like all yes. of the, am I allowed to? This still applies today, whether you're in corporate or not. And that's kind of like what we're talking about. Like, am I allowed to wear this? Am I too old to wear this? How we do one thing is how we do everything. And so like, am I, am I too old to wear this? Am I too old to eat this? Am I too old to work out like this? Oh, I'm too old to run. Oh, I'm too old to care about whatever the hell we care about anymore. And I was like, I am not buying into that anymore. But that's where that journey started for me, where I really started to lose myself. And I was just telling my husband the other day that about when we don't dress authentically or when we say things like, I don't care about, but you do care because that's why we don't like shopping because then when you go, and I don't care if you're shopping at Target or Saks Fifth, when you walk in and you see these bright colors and you say, ugh, like, I don't know. They're intimidating as hell. I don't know what to wear them with. I just won't buy anything. Now I haven't bought myself and I mean, adorned yourself with anything in five years, 10 years, and now you're in a quote unquote style rut, but you're not just in a style rut, you're in a fucking life rut. And there's so much more to the fashion industry. than I, I really am like, can I just tear down all the beliefs around it? <laughs> like, it's important to you to like, to just feel good. Like you're just saying like, am I too shiny? And I get it, it's uncomfortable. I. I've been dressing up a lot this week and I had on um, this corset style top with some sweatpants and I went out, but I'm doing this because I also believe in it so much and I want to share my experiences. And it was uncomfortable, but then also it wasn't. And I felt really good. And did I feel like a lot of people were looking at me? Yeah, they, they were, but I want to live a big life and I want to make impact in the life. I have to get used to people, to drawing attention. Big things have big gravity and draw big things to them. <laughs> big oh, planet oh yes oh <laughs> yes right there's so much this percolating in the back of my mind right now and one is I mean everything it feels like such a silly thing but when it was really cold here in Florida I it was like sweater weather and I discovered that this year my tolerance for wool sweaters was like zero I was like this itches no how did I live in Maine for 10 years wearing wool sweaters all the time? But like, I am so on that. No, it only yeah. soft things on my skin, only soft yes. things. Yes. Like think of it as adorning your body. Right. Mm -hmm. And how else do we know what we like if we don't, if we know what we don't like, and if we don't know what's available to us 
to shop or buy because that's the other thing that we have to grapple with a little bit is if wool is the fabric that everyone's using because it's inexpensive and it's easy to manufacture and it's easy for the retailers and that's the only thing that's available then how do i figure that out that's why it's important to know what's going on in the world because what's going on in the world impacts the fashion industry which impacts the clothes that you're buying which impacts how you feel and how do we bring are you i don't know if you know this answer at all but how do we bring like sustainability into it because i know like fast fashion mm-hmm. is such a, a thing thing yes how do we like like adorn our bodies make help ourselves feel juicy and connected and big and bright and sparkly and not feel like we're destroying the planet yes obviously that's a big issue and there's fabric mountains and all these things that we need to work on for sure. So one, there's definitely like getting clear on what the fabrics are going to be made out of. But I think a lot of the things that people are doing on rentals are really good and amazing, but let me, and it's not just because I'm a stylist, but I've had this experience, but what's not good and what fuels fast fashion even more so is not knowing what you like and if you don't know what you like you keep buying more shit to figure out what you like if you hired some professional help and we say okay this actually looks amazing on your body because at the end of the day no matter what size we are no matter what shape we are we want to feel good in our clothes and anyone i'm 20 pounds more than i was in the beginning of the pandemic and i love myself so much more right now because i've really been pouring the energy into that and i walked by myself the other day and i was like damn bitch you look good <laughs> I have never felt like that. Honestly, I don't think ever in my life. I don't think I've had that moment where I've walked by, looked at my stretch marks and been like, oh, you look amazing. Because I've been just so in tuned, obviously, like trying to practice what I preach of like wearing. But honestly, there's a thousand things we can do. But until we know and we're like, OK, I'm not going to keep buying this goddamn skirt that looks good on that model because I want to be her because my body is not shaped the same and it's not going to look good on me. This other silhouette always looks good on me. So no matter what, I can always get this silhouette. Maybe the colors change as the decades change, but I know I can always wear that shape because the shapes do change, but your basic shapes will always be available. The colors will change. The fabric will change. The embellishment will change. And that's what the trends are then I can wear this. So one way is for us to know ourselves and not just keep buying clothes to make ourselves feel good. Any uh, stylist worth her salt will tell you like, I don't wanna go shopping just to go shopping. I'm going shopping intentionally. We have a list. We know exactly what we're going shopping for because you should be able to wear your clothes multiple ways and wear them for years. But that's like that side of it. I think the rental thing is amazing. I think it's a great way to tap into different energies and experiment before you know what you do want to invest in. I'm all for the rentals. I mean, think of like when you, well, guys, right? They get to rent their tuxedos for prom. My mom still has my prom dress. I just saw it literally on my birthday last month, hanging up in her closet. It was amazing to look at it, but that dress has been hanging there since 1999. (laughs) like what are we gonna do with it like so there's nothing like my husband rented his tux for the wedding my wedding dress is in the attic like what's wrong with renting clothes the memories don't change like my wedding was still amazing so that's something that i'm encouraging people to like get more like curious about and there's a lot of that happening so i think renting clothes and know what you like because if you know what you like then we can cut down on the amount of shopping that we're doing anyway which then then fashion 
fashion won't have as much to do, right? If we're not just using fashion, like we use alcohol to numb ourselves and we're doing it with intention, it's not going to solve the problem. But I think there is something, clothes are fun, clothes are exciting, but I do think there's so many different ways to approach it strategically from so many different levels. And then I'm a really big proponent of paying it forward. And we were kind of talking about this about donating. And this is how I try to do like my small part of sustainability is a intentionally shopping, b donating, donating, donating. Well, some places you can recycle your clothes. I know we have one here that I do, but if I have really good clothes that I've invested in, because investing in expensive pieces and what by expensive, I just mean like, you know, the $100 pair of jeans are going to last longer than $30 pair of jeans. The $100 pair of jeans you will be able to wear for 10 years. The $30 pair of jeans probably will fall away. The scary part about buying the $100 pair of jeans is like, well, what if I don't want them anymore? Pass them on and donate them to the next woman. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. You know, um, women that are transitioning, like maybe out of a bad situation and they're in a safe house or something and they need clothes to go back out into the world and build up their life and their income. Women transferring out of, um, you know, I don't want to say like prison, but correctional facilities, like whatever that looks like for them. There's a lot of ways to pay it forward. And to, in my mind, that's sustainability. I agree. I agree. And I have to say, like, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, wait a second, I don't care about fashion. Why am I listening so <laughs> intently to this conversation? It is because Katie is not just talking about fashion. She is like in weaving in everything, like all these life lessons. And she is a freaking lit up MG right now. So if you're here for the energy, just enjoy it because your energy is delicious <laughs> right now, sister. And it's so funny because when we have done and, and you're like, okay, well, we're not going to talk about fashion. We're just going to talk about these other things. And I was like, oh, we can talk about whatever you want. But I just have, I've just embodied it and I can literally connect it to anything because I am so passionate about it. And I just, just I use it as a self-care tool. Like I use it as a self-development tool. And I just think it to me, it's like meditating. It increases or decreases my energy for the day. Oh, interesting. It's like like character modeling, right? If I meditate in the morning and I journal and I say, today I'm going to get on, well, podcasting is not scary to me anymore, but like, hey, I want to get on a podcast and I really want to connect. I want to have fun. Then I want to go give a presentation that maybe I am more nervous about. What's that version of me? Who am I becoming? How do I want to feel? Now, what am I going to wear today that helps me channel that energy? And that's how I use it. Like when I write my intentions or goals in the morning, now I take that with me into the closet and I'm like, okay, so I need to be Cleopatra at her best today. <laughs> what am I wearing to channel that woman's energy? And Wait, like, is that what you decided this morning? Because you do have some Cleopatra vibes going on right now. I feel like I always decide that one. Like that one's <laughs> always there. And then we'll throw in, you know, a little bit of Audrey Hepburn or a little Marilyn or like a little Iris. Like, and then someone else, like, it's just a mixture of the people that I love that I look up to for who they are. And then, you know, people like, you know, if I said like, fingerless gloves you might think of michael jackson you know like just people that you like there's certain things that we associate with people and then like you channel like that energy everyone carries a certain kind of energy i want to shift slightly although i know we're not going to shift that much um (laughs) 
we both have emotional authority in human design. And I know for me, as I've done my human design experiment over the last few years, I've been learning so much about my emotions and about having emotional authority. And some people in human design, like when you first learn you have emotional authority, I don't know what it was like for you, but first of all, for me, at first it didn't connect for me because I have what some people call the subtle emotional wave. I call it the surface wave. So it's, it's a tiny little blip. Mm -hmm. Um, but if some people are like, oh, so you have emotional authority. That means you have to wait 24 hours before you make any big decisions. And like, good luck. It's kind of a bummer. You're going to go through these emotional waves. It is so much like through doing my personal experiment, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There is so much more to this. This is an absolute superpower. Like it has guided me through so much. Like all of a sudden I feel this intense emotion and I'm like, oh, don't go that way. Yes. So yeah. What's your experience been? I feel like when I found, when someone said, oh, you're emotional authority, I felt like I was seen for the first time because I always felt like I was obsessed with abstract things. Um, even in my corporate job, when people were like, what are the numbers? What's the data? And I was like, Ugh, shoot me. How do people feel when they were doing this? Right. And I felt like I always lived in this like abstract space and I just never knew how to like communicate it. So when the first time someone said that to me, I was like, yes, like, I feel like I'm constantly riding the wave of an emotion, but the part I struggle with is the 24 hour thing. Cause I feel like being an emotional authority that I've never, I can't say never, I generally don't have a hard time making decisions. I feel like I'm really good at just like knowing what I want to do. Have I regret things? Of course. But I also I'm like, oh, okay, well now I see why I should have made a different decision. Like I, I'm not indecisive at all. I'm not either. And I think this is a really important thing to talk about. We're both manifesting generators and I've got, so we both have defined sacral. So our sacral is saying yes or no. And then I've got a defined spleen too. So my sacral or my spleen is already also speaking up like instantaneously. And so I'll, now that I know I have emotional authority, I'll be like, all right, I'm pretty sure it's a yes, but I'm going to give myself 24 hours mm -hmm. and just like, see what comes up. Sometimes it feels a bit like prison, like to be like, I need to wait. So, and it usually does match up, but where I find the magic is in like something will be up and I won't have clarity. I'll just feel like something is like kind of like, I have this feeling brewing in my body. I had this experience. Um, I guess it was just over a month ago now. I was my triathlon coach at the time. I, I'd been working with him for five, five years. Like we were super close and it just, it wasn't feeling super good anymore. And so it was a Sunday night and I was just like frustrated with communication with him that night. I woke up in the middle of the night, like 2am super angry. Mm. I was like, what, what is this? And I basically like pray like, okay, thank you. Anger. I feel you. Can I go back to sleep now? And I fell back to sleep and in the morning. I'm like, all right, what was that anger about? And I'm like talking it out and talking with my husband. And I was like, Oh, I need to, I need to end this relationship with this mm -hmm. coach. I need to 
move on to a different coach. So it was like kind of, that's the 24 hour cycle where all of a sudden my emotions came in to say like, look at this, this is real time for a change. Hmm. That definitely resonates with me. And that's kind of why I said when I was like, oh, I feel like I've just been attached to this abstract version of life. And that's it. It's like, I get those feelings where I'm like, oh, like something about this is so wrong. I don't know what it is, but it's just wrong. And it's hard, like what you were saying to be like, oh, I know I'm supposed to like release this relationship because we haven't been taught. Like that's so gray, right? Everything's all or nothing. And to have, you have to release that relationship because you felt angry. What? Yeah. Like, yeah. no, that's not how it works. And yet mm -hmm. once you learn about emotional authority, like, oh, that is how it works. That is the magic. That's the universe because emotional authority is our direct connection with the universe. We, mm -hmm. the universe is, this is part of like the magic of it. The universe is just taking a dial for us. And for me, it's this like super subtle one. Like you got to pay attention. And for you, it's this building one. Mm -hmm. And and then for other people, it's the whoops, sorry, slipped on that one. <laughs> this is the spontaneous. Oh, the highs and That's the one my husband has. Um, and it's, but it's the universe being like, I'm, I got you. I'm going to show you the way. So again, we talk about anger for a few minutes. I don't yes. know if it's because I'm mature or, <laughs> or if this is a thing, but that's a word that came up for me in January where nothing was there wasn't a issue there wasn't a conflict there wasn't like a major shift happening in my life like sometimes there's big ones and i know what they are <laughs> like i just lost my job i had a big fight with my family whatever but this was just january and it was just like the doldrums of fucking january and i was just angry i was just it's the only word that i could come out with and of course you can't well, you can, but when you say that to people, people are like, oh, why are you angry? Like, it's, su it's such an emotion that we just really don't do well with extremes. And I was like, I don't know, but that's the only word I have for how I feel right now. Like, uh, yeah, I could be, be depressed that it's winter, but I'm actually just pissed. <laughs> I love the, the owning of that. Have you read Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart? I have it. Okay. But I'm, I'm like, not through that part yet. Yeah. So I she's got like 87 words. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. I just I read the, the, the uh, one um, with the words that I don't know how to say that I will mess up, but go ahead. You go. Well, I was going <laughs> to say, I just read about contempt. And that one was fascinating to me. Like, oh, I wish I had it here to actually like quote from it, but contempt is just this like, it's ab it's past disgust at like how we feel about other beings and it's this like and it's different from hatred but it's like basically seeing another being is completely worthless mm. it is just like oh it's like a part of me is like disgusted at the human race that we are able to feel that towards yeah. other beings mm -hmm. yeah i don't think i was in contempt <laughs> now it's interesting that book is amazing if anyone's thinking about it because like even just learning the difference between stressed and overwhelmed because i think we always put stressed above overwhelmed but that made a lot of sense to me when she was like no overwhelm means you're blown 
And it's funny because in her example, I waited tables in college. So when she used the example of like being in the weeds versus being completely blown, I was like, yes, because overwhelm is the thing. It's not stress. Like, are you stressed? Like everyone's probably operating on some level, low level of stress. It's the overwhelm that we constantly live in. That was a yeah. mind blower. But um, no, I just felt angry, but that was a new one for me. I also feel like I feel my feelings. I stopped drinking alcohol habitually. Um, I guess it was last summer. So and I'm not saying I don't drink. I will drink if I want to on a special occasion, but I don't just drink because it's after work or because it's just Friday. And I feel my feelings so much more clearly. And I'm like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm like, damn, alcohol was doing its job. <laughs> I know. And that's why, that's why it's a thing. Yes. I was like, I totally know. I like it, it the, when people say they numb, like it's, you numb, you live in a constant state of numbness when mm -hmm. you're doing living like that. And I was just like, holy shit. So like the feeling of the anger and being able to own it, maybe that's what it is. It's not maturity at all. It's because I'm not numb. And I was like, no, I'm just angry. I just want to like punch something. So where like did you, where'd you feel anger in your body? What did it feel like? Um, that's a good question. I don't know if I slowed down enough to feel it in my body. I just felt pent up oh, all no. over. Now, you know what? I should take that back because right now my whole entire like neck, shoulder, and right underneath here, underneath my chest and my um, armpit is really, really freaking tight. So, and it feels like it's something that was coming for a long time because I actually feel the best right now. So I'm interested in that. I'm going to go to the acupuncturist next week and see. And that's on your left side? Yes. Tell me so, about that. Feminine <laughs> side. Mm -hmm. Receiving. Oh, I know. One of the lessons that I recently learned, but that makes it sound like I'm done with it. Not done. Um, <laughs> but it's about receiving, like really, truly receiving, even when, when you feel like you like you're like thank you so much and you just have this drive to do something in return yeah but instead just like receive and then receive and not not feel guilty or shamed because you're not pulling your weight mm. it just wants to help you and recognize like that is that just receive let it be receive the energy that's coming to you isn't that i mean you just seem straight into my soul right now <laughs> That's something that I have been grappling with a thousand percent over since losing my job and switching those roles with my husband of um, the caretaker provider roles getting shifted up a bit um, or the percentage of those roles actually right. getting shifted up a bit. I'm like, I don't like you taking care of me. And he was like, why won't you just receive this? I'm like, because I just can't, I just can't. <laughs> So it's like where my business just isn't making as much as my corporate job, even though I'm the most aligned I've ever been. And it's a baby business. It's a year. It shouldn't be, right? I have so many things to learn about being a business owner. But God knows I'm having a hard time. I'm getting there. But God knows I'm having a hard time receiving. Mm -hmm. So your body's talking. My, yeah. So that goes back to my self-worth, right? And like, I'm only worthy if I'm protective. Well, it also goes back to your 
Um, oh, please tell me about the chart. <laughs> yeah, hold on. So your sun personality gate it. is, it, it's, it can be called the gate of altruism. It's about making the world a better place. And then to go with that, you've got this gift of, I'm just distracted by all your gifts right now. You've got this gift <laughs> of knowing what other people need before they need it. So when you, you have like, that's such a giving nature. So it, it can feel like, like giving is the way to do and the way to be. Mm -hmm. You've also got the gift of spirit, which is, um, it's like being really connected to seeing the awe and wonder in the world mm -hmm. and wanting to share that with people. And then the other, um, like kind of giving gift you have is this gift of you're the welcoming committee. There are people like me, because together you and I complete a channel. I have this gift of giving to the tribe, like creating resources and stuff for the tribe. You have the gift of distributing my resources out to the tribe without yeah. you. I have got no way to get it to the tribe. And without me, you've got nothing to give. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. So with all of that, like, yeah. So receiving is going to be a brand new piece of the puzzle for you. It's hard. It's really hard. And then, um, but when I became a mother, which is something I just like never thought I was going to do, I just, I completely turned into that nurture, right? It was so easy to just like give, 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 give. And then, yeah, I'm not good at receiving. <laughs> Even like last night, I was setting up to do my new moon bath ritual and it was getting close to the time that I wanted to do it because I do have young kids that go to bed by a certain time. And I had like this um, time that felt really good for me. And my husband was like, all right, just go up. I'm going to finish like the dishes and putting the food away and stuff like that. And I was like, no, just, I can just do this one pan really quick. He's like, just go up and take the bath. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. He's like, I can't, he knows I'm so bad about receiving. Like I can't even receive the gift of let me have you clean, clean the kitchen. So imagine how uncomfortable I am when it's like, okay, so now I'm going to pay the majority of the bills. You just focus on the business and reinvest in the business. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yes, this is, this is so your lesson right now. This, oh, you know how I first, <laughs> as this lesson started for me, which was like, mm, I guess it was a month ago. Um, one of the things I have this morning ritual where I go outside in the grass and I, I talk to the sky and the earth and stuff. And one of the things I said is, please help me have the courage to receive what I need to receive. And as I did it, I was walking around our lemon tree, just like seeing if there were any ripe lemons. And I, as I said that a ripe lemon dropped into my hand. Oh, I love it. Oh, I have a lime tree. We have a key lime tree too. It's, um, it, it's very exuberant about going in a certain direction. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. I love its personality. It's totally a, an MG. Ah, that's amazing. I love it. I love that it just fell into your hand. That's yeah. I love when people have citrus treats. I'm like, me too. Um, there's something so special about them. I love that. You know, they just carry a powerful energy. Yeah. So how do I receive though? Like, can, can we talk about that on the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, so my lessons, part of my lesson was um, riding bikes with a friend like a couple of weeks ago. And I was not, I was not pulling my weight. I was like, not having a good day on the bike. And my friend Jim just kept, he's like, took taking longer poles. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Then I get a flat. He totally, he changed the flat for me. Thank you. And this is, this had been like, you know, a few weeks into my receiving class. So I'm, I'm seeing, I see you in your sassiness universe. Okay. So I'm kind of feeling guilty that I'm not pulling my weight, but how can I just receive? Mm-hmm. And it, just, it felt like, I want to say it felt like, like the, the thesis project of the class but again, that's me saying I'm done with it and I am not that cocky. <laughs> it is. It's hard um, to receive. And I swore I wasn't going to bring this back to style and fashion, but it's hard to receive compliments when we look good. It's hard to be seen like that and received and say, oh my God, you look amazing. Yeah. The classic thing women do if you compliment them on a dress, thanks. It has pockets. Yeah. Thanks. I got it at Target. Like just, we have to like, or, oh my God, I love yours too. Like it's so, we cannot just say thank you. It's so hard. The, the thing I learned early on is from my first business coach. She challenged me to say, thank you. I know. Oh, you're just kicking up all my stuff. I'm like, it's such a thing to practice, practice it with somebody like pick a person to practice it with and you both do it. You commit to it. And if you can, you make eye contact, like you work up to making eye contact as you do it. Because like every time I would, when I started this and I'd make eye contact to really, truly receive the compliment, I would ball. Yes. That's so powerful, mm-hmm. but that's a gift though to give someone and let them give you the compliment like and that's a giving them a gift because what back. does it feel like when you give someone a compliment and they deflect it like that you're like yeah eh, okay never mind okay, okay just, well i'm not complimenting you again like i was trying to add some joy to your day and you don't want it okay yeah yeah it's so true it's so true i never i mean i've heard that and i've thought about that when someone has done that to me but like saying it right now i'm like oh yeah Maybe I will just let him give me that money. <laughs> just, just like, thank you. I know. And you can keep the, I know internal if it's a situation where it would maybe not be optimal to say it out loud. That's good. I like that. Mm. I feel like this could be a project for your whole family. Yes. Yes. That's a good one. I like that. So we're going to work on receiving. I've been thinking about it being the left side. And I was like, I knew it was the f- uh, feminine side, right? I was like, oh, God, Katie, what is it? <laughs> receive, 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 receive. Because the oh. energy wants to, hmm. um, <laughs> I got exuberant with my headphones there. The energy wants to continue flowing. And if we don't re- truly receive, we're, we're gunking up the channel. So we receive, and then we put energy, we give energy out, but we don't have to give it back to the same person Mm. in the same moment. Like maybe you're receiving that compliment from somebody 
early in the day. And then like that night you're giving to a friend who's going through a hard time. Yeah. I love that. That was another, that was another piece of my receiving class. Oh, that's so good. I love it. So powerful. So powerful. Yeah. And this is how like our bodies teach us these lessons. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's teaching me this one. It's been a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. We're mm. going to wrap this baby up. And it has been so fun and juicy. And I love how I had no idea where it was going. And it has gone in some amazing places. Oh, so good. I know. It was really good. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed talking to you every time we connect. Me too. I'm going to do it as much as possible. Yeah, it's just, we're just going to make a quarterly podcast day with each other. That would be really fun. We should do that. Let's do that. Just constantly give updates on human design and how to dress for your human design. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Yes. What colors should manifesting, man do? I mean, yes. manifesting generators are here to play. So yes. how can you dress in the most playful way possible? Exactly. That's a big part. Of, that's like one of my number one words, just my brand in general, like my personal brands. When I was doing my photo shoot, I was like playful. Mm-hmm. Hence the pink suit. If you ever see my photos, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, how do we play? How do we have fun? Cause that's all I've ever wanted to do. And I feel like so much of that has been shut down to me. Mm-hmm. Not anymore, No. but in life. Play. Always play. play. Don't know what else to do. Play. where can people what's the name of your podcast for starters the name of my podcast is just realized because it's going through all those life moments where you're like i just realized this even though i'm gonna i'm trying to stop using the word just Mm, yes because just can kind of delete what comes after it so there's a lot of irony in that to me now after podcasting for, oh, I guess almost three years now. And then that's the name of a lot of my branding because I'd used it. And now I'm like, I hate this word, but that's part of the evolution of the story. Oh, uh, what just came through for you is instead of just realized, I am realized. Oof. Yes. I am going to have to change the just to I am. Take it or leave it. I'll just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not attached to it. So anyway, okay. <laughs> Podcast is currently called Just Realized. And yeah. where can people find you, find your business, work with you? Do you work remotely with people? Yes, actually up to this point, almost all of my business has been virtual. I'm just starting to step in locally with some of the, my neighbors and stuff like that. Um, my website is katiejuststyled.com to stick with our justing ourselves. Um, so fun stuff up there. And um, as far as social media goes, the place that I play the most is Instagram. And that's at Katie Allen Stylist. And I just have fun and myself and just share the things that feel authentic to me in that vein. So I'd love to chat and connect. Perfect. I love you. Thank you so much for doing this. Same. Thank you. You're amazing. So are you, babe. You guys, if you loved that conversation, 
please share it with other people who are going to love it just as much, if not more than you did. And if you are inspired to do so, please head over to Apple podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts and give the find your awesome podcast, a five-star rating and a glowing review. And then head over to Katie's website, Katie just styled and listen to her podcast. Just realized I adore this chick and I'm so excited to be playing with her and I hope you will too. I love you. Get out there, go do your thing, go forth and be awesome.